All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios, like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else, from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hello, friend. This is an episode of Note to Self, but from when we used to be called New Tech City. Same good content, just the old name. Enjoy. This is WNYC's New Tech City, the podcast where digital gets personal. I'm your host, Manoush Samarodi. What do you want? That's two-year-old Ashlyn. Her dad, Daniel Brooks, posted her iPad temper tantrum on YouTube. He got a lot of nasty comments for giving the toddler an iPad in the first place. And a few more nasty comments for filming the tantrum with his iPhone and then showing it to all of us on the internet. When technology and parenting meet, it can be more like a collision. We're figuring it out as we go along. But hopefully this week's episode will help just a little bit. It's an inside look into how the techies parent – How those people who are making all the iPads, the gadgets, the ones writing all the code for these addictive games, designing the must-have app that we tap all day long, how do they deal with technology at home, with their families? Do they know something that we regular folks don't? Maybe they've discovered the secret just-right balance. On today's show, our friend New York Times tech columnist Nick Bilton gives us a roundup of how Silicon Valley folks manage screens and their kids. I said, how do you kids like the iPad? And he's, you know, barked at me. Well, they don't. We we, we limit tech in, in, in our house. But before we get to Nick, I want to tell you about my own chat with some techie parents. Not in Silicon Valley, but the other smug, self anointed center of the hip and creative universe Brooklyn. I wanted to see a techie parent in action for myself. So a friend put me in touch with Samir Ajmani. Oh, cool. It's a village. Samir has a PhD in computer science from MIT. He's been a software engineer at Google for over a decade. Consider him the logical thinker of the family. You need to sort of iterate and keep trying and think about, well, what went wrong and how do I fix it? I think those are basic skills. Samir has three kids, baby Cole, four-year-old Olivia, and seven-year-old Nolan. But how's this for a twist? His wife, Mandy, she's a child psychologist. She's sort of cornered the market on emotional intelligence. There's just a lot of self-doubt, a lot of questioning, a lot of insecurity about what's good and what's not good. A techie and a child psychologist under one roof? Double whammy. Tech smarts plus psychological know-how... Come on, if these people don't have the answer to smart parenting, who does? Before I could uncover Mandy and Samir's secrets, I needed to ingratiate myself with their kids. Hi. Hi. 
What's your name? Nolan. How old are you? Seven. Seven. And you're in... Almost seven. Almost seven. Almost seven. And what grade are you in, Nolan? Second. Second grade. My son is in second grade, too. Nolan gave me the grand tour. Books crammed into his shelves. Stacks of board games in his room. Whoa. <laughs> that is a lot of books. So far, no screens to be found. Just a really sweet kid who loves reading. Is that because gadgets are banned here? What? Not quite. I'd heard that Samir and Mandy had done kind of an extreme experiment on Nolan last summer. They wanted to test out the effects of technology for themselves. Call it evidence-based parenting. We were checking whether these whole idea of screen limits was really necessary or important. <laughs> this guy had said that uh, he had seen the technology as the forbidden fruit and by putting a lot of um, limits on it made it more attractive and wanting them to play with it to play all the time. And I think this was some summer vacation week where Nolan was off. So he said, you know what? No limits. Watch as much shows, play as many games, do whatever you want. Go for it. Enjoy yourself. Because this guy had said that when he did this with his kids, they self-regulated. Self-regulating kids, huh? I'm sure that went really well. He basically played screens all day long. Yeah, so, so, so the our, idea was... our hope was that, you know, he, he would find his own balance and uh, not overdo it. Uh, this did not exactly come to pass. He played long enough to give himself headaches, and he would come out just... He'd put it down eventually, and he'd be in the worst mood. So anyway, the experiment did not go well. The week of no limits on screens was a total failure. All screens all the time turned Nolan into a zombie. After that, Samir and Mandy decided to try some rules. But only on games and gadgets that were purely for fun. You know those games, parents. Minion Rush, Turbo Fast. The educational games and videos, still no limits. So uh, you have some, you have like a, a folder on your iPad that says Nolan's Fun Games. He has fun games and learning games in two different folders. Gotcha. Yeah. But no limits on educational games didn't totally work out either. You can see it in his body when he's been playing screens for too long. He is tired. He is cranky. His blood sugar is probably low. He uh, is much more moody. That's when they came up with the current rule. The kids get 30 minutes of fun screen time on weekdays, two hours on weekends. Samir and Mandy are less rigid about educational stuff still, but now they watch the clock. You know, we used to let him play Minecraft to his heart's content. Now we do sort of limit it because he's... When I see him repeating the same thing over and over again, even within a game that's sort of learning, I see he's not really gaining any new skills. He's just doing it to pass the time. And that's where I say, you know what, enough of that. Let's, let's try something fresh, something new. During my visit, four-year-old Olivia used her half hour by playing with a PBS app. She really liked that tiger that replaced Fred Rogers. As for Nolan, he built a virtual road on the family iPad with the Minecraft app. I made a giant minecart and then track that went around the whole edges of the whole world. Whoa, of the whole world? Yeah, that's kind of fun. Okay, confession. I don't know how to play Minecraft, and I feel kind of bad because my son has been bugging me to install it on my iPad. But I'm just wondering, is he really missing some vital 21st century skill by not playing Minecraft or other learning, so-called learning games? These are the ones that Samir likes so much. Because the way he sees it, 
some screen time, and certain games can actually be healthy. Cut the rope is another good one where, you know, there's usually some simple goal like, you know, get the water to the alligator or get the candy to the little guy. But they just get, you know, very Rube Goldberg-esque in, in their complexity. And the kids are forced to reason about it and think about, okay, if I do this, then this will happen. We try and find games where we can play them with the kids. That's true for the games, you know, on the Wii. That's true for the games on the iPad. But here's the problem. It's not just about fun time or setting limits. It's about making sure that your kids get the right skills that they need to get a job in the future, right? Because eventually, all these jobs are going to require technological know-how. What about later? Do you think programming is going to be an important part of his childhood? I think programming is an important skill to learn. But I don't think it's about learning any particular technology or you know, making an app or anything specific like that. When my kids are doing something where I think they could use a computer to help them along, I might show them how, right? And say, look, here's a way that you can use this to avoid this repetitive task or you know, do this calculation or look up this word. It's as simple as showing him that he can look up a word on the Kindle by long pressing it. This is just saying, oh, look, this is a tool I can leverage. It isn't this mystery. So like many of us, Samir and Mandy are looking for balance. Does a Google engineer know something I don't about the dangers of screen time? Not really. But because he lives, breathes, and loves technology so much, he can integrate it into his family life in a different way. Technology isn't demonized or turned into a special reward for good behavior. I felt kind of jealous of this comfort level when I left Samir's house. Then... A few days later, he emailed me. He'd clearly been thinking about our discussion. Here's what he wrote me. Addiction, and he didn't say dear Manoush or anything. He just launched right into this in his email. Addiction in the 1960s was about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. The response in the 80s was safe sex education, say no to drugs, and the commoditization of popular music. This generation, the addictions are games, social media, and up-buzz-click-bait-worthy articles. What's the response, he wondered. Well, the official response from the American Academy of Pediatrics is this. It's to limit entertainment screen time to less than one or two hours per day and absolutely no screens for kids under two years old. But after spending time with Samir and his family, I'm really sort of interested that they say limit entertainment screen time, that they specify entertainment. Like there's a difference. We don't really know yet. Coming up on New Tech City, the techie response from the other side of the country, New York Times columnist Nick Bilton, and parenting lessons from Silicon Valley. And the reality was that they actually have a better understanding of where tech can go wrong than most non-tech parents do. It's New Tech City. I'm Manoush Samarodi. And on this episode, we're talking about techies and their families, what their rules are about screens and video games. 
I'd like to introduce a very special guest for this show, Nick Bilton, tech columnist for The New York Times, author of Hatching Twitter. Hey, Nick. Hi, how you doing? I am good. So, Nick, a few weeks back, you had a story in The Times that just sort of stayed and stayed at the top of the most emailed list of articles. And it was called Steve Jobs Was a Low-Tech Parent. The title's pretty obvious. But tell us about the conversation that you had with Steve Jobs. Well, there's this kind of little secret that people in journalism know, but people in the public don't, that Steve Jobs used to call people all the time and kind of yell at them about their articles that they had written and so on. And I was on the receiving end of one of those calls and and, um, uh, I tried to change the subject at one point and said, hey, this is in 2010. And I said, how do you kids like the iPad? And He's, you know, barked at me. Well, they don't. We we, we limit tech in, in in our house, and I was I was completely shocked. And he talked a little bit about how he tells his kids how much they can use technology and so on. And and what I found over the years is that I have bumped into more and more people in tech that have said that. Um, you know, executives at Facebook and Twitter and Apple and you know all of these companies. And I found that really interesting. And finally, I started to ask people why. And and the reality was that that they actually have a better understanding of where tech can go wrong than most non-tech parents do. Why did you think it was time to resurface it now? Like, what did you feel like was going on around your world that made you think, you know what, I'm going to write a piece about this? Well, so I have a niece and nephew, and their names are Luca and Willow. Uh, Luca is nine, and he loves Minecraft. And my niece is also heavily addicted to it. And I was over at my sister's place, and she was arguing once again with Luca a few weeks ago about his time limits during the week. And she said that there's no iPad during the week. And, and he said, well, Friday is not during the week. It's the beginning of the weekend. And there was this big debate. <laughs> and and I, my sister asked my advice, and I didn't really know the answer. So I decided I would start calling around to some of the people I know. And one of the people that I came across that was really interesting was Chris Anderson, who used to run Wired and now runs a drone company. And he was talking about he has five kids and he is incredibly strict with his kids' use of technology. There is absolutely no screen time during the week. There is a, an adamant rule that there's no gadgets allowed in the bedroom. It doesn't matter if you are two years old or, or 96. But see, here's what I have an issue with. It's like I find this idea that a person like Steve Jobs who has made something – the iPhone, the iPad, that has so infiltrated my life, right, that he doesn't use it with his children. This makes me think, like, what does he know that I don't know? Like a drug dealer who doesn't touch the stuff that he deals. Well, that's probably the best drug dealer, right? And there were rules like, you know, absolutely no gadgets at the dinner table. Dinner time was was devoted to talking about history and art and books and, and things like that. So if you look at that and you ask that question of what does Steve Jobs know that we don't, I think that it's not just what Steve Jobs knows. I think it's what anyone that kind of um, works in these industries knows and and that is that that anything that you do um, in excess is probably not good for you. But you did talk to other tech parents who have found ways of balancing, right, who think that they've sort of figured it out without having to go to extremes. Um, I think one of the people you talked to was Ali Partovi, and he's the founder of iLike. He's an advisor to Facebook, Dropbox, Zappos. And we actually we have a clip we can play for you of how he manages it. The rules for them are zero TV on school nights. My kids don't surf the web or watch YouTube. However, they get unlimited computer time if it's for creativity. They love to take photos and make videos, and all three kids enjoy computer programming. 
Okay, so that's how Ali does it. There's a difference, he says, between consuming and creating. Yeah, so Ali runs a website called uh, Code.org, which teaches kids how to code. And he does uh, eat his own dog food, as they say in Silicon Valley. He <laughs> he lets his kids use these different products, um, these technologies to make things. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. But, you know, let's admit it that Ali Partovi, he's acting as an advisor to Facebook. This is a company <laughs> that makes a lot of money off of advertising and... And, you know, that's how a lot of these techie parents pay their bills, right? You know, I've spoken in the past on this on New Tech City to Susan Lynn. She's the founder of the Campaign for a Commercial-Free Childhood. She's also a psychologist at Harvard Medical School. And to me, she really put the digital age in a very stark perspective. No parents in history have ever had to cope with the unprecedented convergence of a ubiquitous, sophisticated, alluring, habit-forming screen technology and unfettered, unregulated advertisement. And that combination is really, I think, what the major problem is. Okay, so a combination, addiction and advertising, bring them together, you've got a toxic cocktail. That's what Susan Lynn is worried about. How many of these parents that you spoke to talked about not wanting their kids to be infiltrated by advertising? Exactly none. Uh, no one no one said anything about that. And I thought that was kind of shocking. I mean, I spoke to people from Facebook. I spoke to people from Twitter and so on. And they I think that they understand the the you know, the problems that come with that. But at the same time, they see bigger issues to, to worry about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the addiction problems. One thing that I that I did learn about when I was interviewing people for this story was there's a, a piece of software called OpenDNS. Um, mm-hmm. You can get it at OpenDNS.org. And it, what it does is you can install it on the router in your home um, for the Wi-Fi access. And then you can set up a bunch of rules and you can say there's certain things that people can't see, that the router won't work at certain times. There's all these different things that you can do. And and there are very strict rules. You can say literally no one in this house can go to YouTube.com or watch any videos from that website. You know, Nick, there's this other New York Times article that gets mentioned alongside your Steve Jobs article. It's that one. It's kind of gone down as legend, right? This is one by Matt Richtel from a few years ago about parents who work in Silicon Valley and they send their kids to Waldorf schools. Now, if you aren't familiar with Waldorf, here's a description of their policy on tech and kids. Waldorf schools actually see society's emphasis on electronics and screen time as quite detrimental The Rudolf Steiner School and other Waldorf schools strongly subscribe to a no-tech approach to education in the early childhood through the lower grades. So that was Wendy Kelly. She's from the Waldorf Rudolf Steiner School actually here in New York. And as far as you can tell, is no-tech in families a big thing in Silicon Valley? It's interesting. I just moved down to Los Angeles and and, and all of the Hollywood execs that make all these movies – also send their kids to Waldorf schools. Oh, that's interesting. And it's funny. One a venture capitalist reached out to me after I, I wrote this article and said I completely ban my kids from any technology, with the exception of like an hour window on Sunday mornings. And then uh, this guy said to me, um, "They're perfectly capable of living in the 15th century." <laughs> Nick Bilton is a columnist for the New York Times. You can now find him on Thursdays in the Style section. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me. All right, so go on. Tell us your parenting and tech rules. No screens during the week. Only use the computer for homework. 
Maybe you have a more laissez-faire attitude. Record yourself using the Voice Memo app on your phone and email it to us at newtechcity.org. You just might be on next week's show. And if you know a parent trying to figure this all out, send them this episode or post it on Facebook and tag them. You're doing me a favor and them too. Ah, I forgot to tell you my family rules. I gotta say, this is a little controversial. I am not crazy about the games, any of them. I would rather that my kids watch a show, get immersed in a story. Right now, our favorite is this wacky BBC comedy called Grandpa in My Pocket, or should I say, Grandpa in My Pocket. It's funny, there's a narrative arc, there's a little lesson at the end, there's no swiping, swiping, swiping across the screen. My children are calm, not agitated when we turn it off. But then maybe this is how a journalist parents. Coming up next week, an episode that will make you think differently about space and the universe and life on our planet. Yeah, I'm making big promises, but I think I can come through for you. We've got two women absolutely obsessed with space travel. One who actually went. And uh, once I felt the rocket uh, engines going and the rumbling and the, you know, the vibrations, I knew it was real. And the other woman with the ticket to go. I'm one of the first people who actually purchased a ticket on Virgin Galactic. I took a second mortgage on my house to pay for my ticket. This is one of my favorite episodes ever. It almost made me want to overcome my claustrophobia and get my own ticket to space. Really, seriously, don't miss it. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to on-demand audio. And at newtechcity.org, there's a handy little subscribe button on the right. You can also always leave your comments there. We love to hear from you. Or you can tweet us at newtechcity or me directly at Manoush C. Thanks so much from me and the team. This is New Tech City from WNYC. Not the shrinking cap, Grandpa! (laughs) So I thought it was a joke. Like, we found it. I was like, oh, it's like a fake show or something. No. It's just British humor. So good. Grandpa in my pocket? Oh, (laughs) of course you're recording that.